what if you're the one that is supposed to say, this is bullshit across the table? <laughs> you know, like, what, what if? What if you're the disruptor? What if you're the one to save not just yourself, but every fucker at that table? Because they're tired too, but they're all being nice. They don't know how to step off the nice highway. Welcome to Human AF, a podcast where we explore the unfiltered truth about life, love, loss, and all the WTF moments that come with the human experience. Each episode, you'll witness real people sharing real stories, authentic experiences, and offering wisdom through raw moments that make us who we are and who we're becoming together. What the hell would happen if you weren't nice? And I want to talk about this little acronym that came to me because uh, I was, when I dry my hair, I get these ideas. So I wasn't planning on doing this, but when they come a knocking, I answer. So I got to my computer and I was like something about being nice. And I sat with for a minute and an acronym started appearing to me because this concept of being nice, I would love for you to unpack that with me. Um, because when you share something about it, you're going to get a whole bunch of me twos. You're going to get a whole bunch of, of other people being like, oh yeah, and this and this, and this, right? And, and that really, I mean, it sounds like we're building a community of pain, but it's, it's, it's an acknowledgement of the collective bullshit that empaths and deep feelers are trying to release themselves from. And so this acronym showed up, which was, and I was like, well, what is it? You know, and I sound like a crazy person, but sometimes I'm given pieces and I'm just like, well, I don't know. It doesn't feel like the complete thing. And the acronym was NICE. And it was never internal, constantly external. That that was a, an interesting, an interesting acronym for nice. Because when you look at nice, you know what has that meant for you? What do you believe? Uh, the whole being good, the whole uh, being responsible, being the one who st uh, evens the ship. I mean spins the plates. There we go. I got to spin all the plates because God forbid if they fall down. Oh no. Um, so what are some of those plates you spin? Today's nice means, uh, you know, stop being nice. Stop never considering your internal and always considering out external. Hmm, okay, so we're going to talk a little bit about empaths, the open-hearted that land in this earth and that are, um, and I'm here, the other job that I have here in this life and in my work is to help dismantle the belief of what it means to be an empath. Up until now, there has been a story, a really mm, insidious story that we don't always talk about that, well, that's just my lot in life. I'm an emotional person. I'm too much or I'm this or that. And I just feel, and that's just that. And I'm meant to absorb other people's pain and that's just the way it is. And I just have to deal with it. I have to cope. And I want to flip a table and punch a throat around that. And I am an empath. And I care deeply about people. But this is about liberating. I'm a freedom fighter. Okay. And I'm here fighting for the freedom of empaths and deep feelers to say that doesn't, that's not anymore. No, no, you get both. There is a yes and. Yes, you get to feel and you get to honor your own personal integrity. The, there's some misinterpretation of information that's happened that I feel like I'm put on this earth to help uh, like clear up. 
Um, so thank you for letting me be that for you if that is what I am for you today or at all. Um, so uh, right before, um, in the beginning of 2016, I was in a moment of conflict. As we all are, we always have those moments. There's always another layer that wants to be revealed to us. Um, we are never done. And I don't mean that in a, a, a burdensome way. It's like, of course, as long as we're living and breathing, we are here to um, mm, just experience life in a more like exposed way uh, where we get to reveal ourselves to ourselves. And there's something very beautiful about that. There's beauty in this process, but it's very dismantling. And I went to go see my naturopath, who's also a shaman and all sorts of things. Um, and his naturopath clinic is like a beard to his magic. And it was really strange. So this is where the more you do this work, the more you start unpacking and expressing yourself through the art of radical self-expression, um, which means you get the yes, I get to feel this and I get to feel safe in my body. That is what I do um, through my one-on-one -on -one coaching, through my group and through my retreats. So so I am in some ways a little bit of an expert. I forget that. I'm a freaking expert at, at expressing myself and making sure I'm okay and safe and loved no matter what by myself. And that's what I want other people to understand. You can survive this. But there's this idea that when we're born, that if you look back on your life, there is such an element of, was I born to be sacrificed? Was I born, which sounds super dramatic, but when we look at the experiences we've had, one perspective might tell us that that's just the way things are. I showed up here to be sacrificed because apparently I can handle it because apparently that's what I'm here for. I'm here to just love people and let them take advantage of me and um, abuse me, uh, hurt me, um, treat me like I'm a throwaway, that I am the sacrificial lamb. And I, it came very clear to me. I had this moment um, when I was working with him. I had this flash in my head. And that's how intuition works. Uh, the closer you get to the more uh, stuff you start unpacking, the more crystalline and, and precise your intuition gets. Where you start understanding that when you stop living in your head and thinking so much and you start having a more embodied experience of your emotions, your intuition becomes so much clearer to pick up, understand, articulate, and you, and you trust it more. So I had this this, the, these words, um, he said something, it was something to do with my mother. And, he, and I blurted. So this is where also blurting is the art of, of radical self-expression. And you don't have to do it with anybody. It's just like, even with yourself as you journal. And I was like, but I, I he was talking about leaving my mom or abandoning my mom, which is a, a common thread, abandoning people. I don't want to hurt people. I don't want to like lose, like leave them. And I was like, but that's why I came here. And we both just sat there staring at each other the words in the air and I just started crying. I was super confused. I was super confused. What did I just say? Blurting, writing shit down reveals our subconscious, those underlying drivers that drive every action, every, every idea, every decision. So all of a sudden I'm sitting in the room with this that's why I came here. So I don't abandon my mom or so I don't let anybody down, you know, and all of a sudden I see, I get this almost like a flash or some impression around sacrificial lamb. I see a lamb and then right in behind it is, it was like this beautiful white lamb. And I was just like, and immediately I just was like, what is that? 
And I was sat there going, I just see this. And he says, well, what does that mean to you? And I was just so upset. I said, was I here? Like, was I called in to be sacrificed? And then all of a sudden I start putting all of the situations together, the abuse, the, oh, the codependency, um, the entanglements, the obligation, the feeling so responsible, taking on other people's stuff. It was like this tidal wave of awareness hit me. And all of a sudden, I, and then if anybody has read My Sister's Keeper, which I haven't, but I, I am aware of the storyline, My Sister's Keeper showed up again in my intuition, whatever you want to call it. And I was like, all of a sudden I'm putting the pieces together. Now My Sister's Keeper was about a girl who was very sick and her parents decided to have a baby so that they could use their stem cells to save their older daughter. Pretty heavy shit. And I'm sitting there, now I've got this information and it's heavy and the way I'm interpreting it as a human and with all this, you know, shonky humanity, uh, I'm left with the surface value of what that means. I'm left with the surface assumptions. We need to talk about that. So guess what I'm trying to say is when things pop up, don't always take them for face value, okay? So I'm going to tell this story to help you trust those instincts and to be less afraid about what they mean, because this will try and figure it out. Your head will try and fill in the blanks on its own without any adult supervision, which is not never a safe place for any human being. Um, we should always. Um, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> OK, so I'm sitting there and all of a sudden I'm just like devastated. What if it's true? What if I, what, what is that? Tr Could I have been just called in to be used? Oh, oh my God. What if it's true? This is why a lot of us don't want to be with our emotions because we take them at face value. So no wonder we don't want to be internal. We want to focus at external. Does that make sense? It's, it's, um, and when I say, it, does that make sense? It's like, I hope, I hope there's a, oh, no wonder, which is very forgiving by the way. Well, no wonder I don't. I'm not to blame here. Like that's an that's an inst that's a natural instinct when you haven't been with your emotions to be afraid of them. Okay. And a lot of people are like, well, I don't want to go in. I'm afraid what I will find. I'm afraid what I'll say. What if I say the thing? You know, and then it's true. And so I went home with this, you know, because he said, I think you need to go explore that and keep me posted. And I was like, I don't know if I want to, because what if I start researching this and it's true? What if I find out that the only reason I came here was to be used, abused and thrown away? And this is just like a year and a bit ago. OK, so this isn't the beginning of my journey. I'm letting you know that, that there's existential crisis available to us at any time. <laughs> oh, so, so comforting. Um, so there's a journey being, um, we're all given a path to walk. And, um, and that, that is very, very much true. And so that's your knowing. I am strong. I can handle it. And I have the tools. So that's true. However, when we step into this part about, never considering our own feelings, we innocently betray and turn on our own hearts and we don't know we're doing it because we're always, we're never considering our insides and always considering the external, that never in the nice, never inside, constantly extra, outside external. So I went and I, and I was like, you know what? I, I can't keep, I can't pretend that that didn't just happen because it was so heavy on my heart, this idea that I was born to be sacrificed. And I was terrified to research it. 
but I did because I couldn't get rid of the feeling. And I knew the all, I, it was just saying for me to do this. And I was so scared because I felt like my entire identity was on the, was at stake about everything up until that point, that it was a waste, which is pretty fucking scary. And I went into the research. I'm not a religious person. We grew up Catholic, but you know, I, I, I didn't buy in hundred percent. So I always had one foot out the door and one foot in. Um, but I, I did some research and I understood that, and this is good news for anybody identifying with what I'm saying. The best thing that was consistent across the board, it went through like Greek, Greek Orthodox. It was like, there's an ancient theme around the sacrificial lamb. Now the lamb was only chosen. It was the, it was the one that was chosen to be sacrificed because it was the purest form, the purest light, the purest metaphor representation of God, of love and light and innocence. Now, thank God I found that early because I was like, okay, <laughs> like, I can keep doing this. I can keep looking. Thank you, because I really did not need to know that they were picked because they were a throwaway item. They were chosen, much like empaths are. They're asked to come to the earth because we, we have access to love more readily. We have access to our emotions and we can move energy, which is love. We have more access to moving love, which the world and the planet needs. So we are these incredible warriors of love that are being asked to, um, first and foremost, unpack and reveal that truth to ourselves. So the other thing that I found out when I followed the actual story, there were several stories, but a lot of them were, were very similar. One of them was based, uh, I think, out of Christianity, but I could be messing that up again. Um, bottom line is the story of the sea scrolls. All right. Any of my religious friends here, help me out. But anyway, there's these sea scrolls and it was like something really shitty was going to happen. Oh, I'm doing such a bad job. I'm being so disrespectful. I hope not, but I really need to get this story out. Something really shitty was about to occur. It was like the end of the world sort of thing. And these sea scrolls apparently were going to save the day, but nobody could open them. They they asked the smartest, the brightest, the most powerful kings, um, the wisest of men, and they would not open. And so there was a real crisis happening. Oh, and this is the best part. All, all of a sudden, people are just like fretting and fretting. And all of a sudden, these angels come down from the sky and they were like, Behold, the lamb, the lamb that is now a lion. And this, this lamb starts walking through the crowd and the, the, the crowd parts like the, like the sea. And this light is shining on this lamb, not just any lamb, like the zombie lamb. The sacrificial lamb has survived death. It was like, because it's purity, it will even survive death. Like it's so badass is essentially what it was saying. And I just love this. The more I read, I was like, this is so great. Because I just felt redeemed that, that my instincts were, were, were salvaged. Do you understand? And it was like, behold the lamb, the greatest gift on earth, the greatest gift from God will be the one, you idiots, basically. Because it was like you, you treat it as though that it is a throwaway. However, you're fools. This is the animal that's going to save the day. And the animal walks forward, opens the, and the scrolls open. and it's like the world is like salvation occurs, all this sort of stuff. <sighs> like, can we just like, oh my God. and so I was still left with this feeling of that I was called in, that I was intentionally called in to help. And um, 
So the good news was I knew now that I wasn't a waste. I knew that I was meant to it really fed and, and added to my uh, understanding that we are we do. Oh, there was a quote in there about how the innocence of the lamb dismantles the evils of the evils of man. Uh, that when we are present with our full and open hearts and our fullest, truest expression, our energy is dismantling in the most gentlest and powerful way. It's a yes and. Through our gentleness, through our love, that a lot of people think, oh, love is so foo-foo, boo-boo, da-da, like, you know, mamby-pamby. It's like, no. When we show up with our fierce hearts, we dismantle people with love. We dismantle people with compassion. Um, and that is what is going to save us all when we can start moving that energy back and forth. Wow. So that was such a huge relief. And I, I, I felt compelled to call my parents. And so this is, this is also a message of like tuning in. And, and when you do go internal and you start trusting some of these things and moving beyond the superficial level, that surface level, to trust there's something else underneath it that just wants to make its way to you, which gives us full permission to express that initial crusty layer of anger or rage or irrationality. Do you understand? That that's the big dare. Will you move through that, that really, you know, that wouldn't be very nice <laughs> because what if you could just let that, because that's just gotten crusty because you haven't been with it for so long, that first layer is, can be really sharp, right? But if you understand that you don't have to do that in front of people, if you just dedicated, you know, your self-expression to other ways that are just as radical, but you're not out there Yosemite Samming your shit all over people and pew, 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 you know, trying to take people down, you can absolutely move through that initial layer, that painful layer that you're worried is true. Let it be true long enough for it not to be. Does that make sense? Whew. Um, and so that's what I did. And thank God, and I'm going to tell you why. Because when I did that, I got a bunch of intuitive hits that said, keep going, Carrie Ann. Here's the next piece. Do you see that? So that's why radical self-expression is important. It is our salvation. And in saving ourselves, we have the power of serving others to save ourselves so we can serve. Okay. Um, sorry, I'm just really feeling that freight train coming through. I hope I'm not completely overwhelming people here, but I'm sorry, I can't turn it down. Um, and so I guess uh, to let it be true until it's not. So I want to tell you what happened next because it's very tender and I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful I, I listened because I still had that piece was, uh, was I called in? And I, my curiosity got the best of me. And I mean that in the literal sense, it really got the best of me. And I wasn't sure. I called my mom and dad. This is right before my dad passed. And I said, guys, are you ready to have a weird conversation with your weird daughter? And they were, my dad was like, oh dear, <laughs> I might have to leave you two ladies to sort this out. Cause I think he always felt a little bit over his head uh, with some of these existential conversations that I, I'm able to have with my mom. And I said, all right. Um, I said, I have, a, I have a really weird question. Was I called in, like off the bench? Did you guys intentionally call me into our family? And, and if so, why? And I just stayed quiet, which was so painful because I was so, I said, listen. And then they got so quiet. I could see them like, 
what is going on over there? Like, is she okay? And then I was like, oh, you guys, I'm okay. I'm totally sound. I actually feel really good. I'm just super curious. I am. I had, and I had to explain a bit. I said, I have this instinct telling me that I was called in for some reason, but no matter what you say, I'm fine. <laughs> like, I'm not trying to like, I'm not checking out or anything. I'm safe. I just really need your honest thoughts on that. What do you think? And funniest part and best part. Normally my mom would answer these because she's just really comfortable with talks about spiritual stuff and that stuff. My dad went, went like this, like out of the way, Carol. And he was like, you know what? You were. And I was just surprised that my dad, he was like, yeah, you were. And he just started talking. And my mom went to go like cut it off because a lot of a lot of us sometimes if the dads aren't super comfortable talking about emotions or all this stuff we're like oh honey what are you gonna say like I just think your daughter's like heart is in her hands here so you know you could tell my mom was like recoiling like you know Oni like what are you what are you gonna say here because you could really fuck her daughter and I said to my mom with all due respect can you please mm, sip it you always get to talk about this stuff I really want to hear what dad has to say and I'm so glad I said that because I could have let my mom kind of be like, I, just one second and take over. I said, no, mom, I really, I think I really need to hear what dad has to say because it was so refreshing. He said, no. And he just sat there for a second and he said, I think you were. And he kept talking. I said, can you tell me more? And he said, well, and he started talking about when I was born, about what was going on in our family. He was working all the time. My mom was really overwhelmed with my brother and sister. They weren't always connecting. And he said, we all kind of felt like all over the place, like kind of fragmented. And he said, but it was like, I kind of do believe that you were called in because we needed you. And I was like, why? And he said, well, when you, all I know is that when you showed up, we all loved you from different vantage points and our love seemed to move through you and connect us all. And he talked more about it. And I, to hear, for me to be given that experience from a foundational relationship, like a parent, my father, who never talks about this stuff, I knew in that moment I was being given a gift and I never would have gotten it if I hadn't slowed down and tuned in to my own instincts, my own emotions, even the crusty, scary ones that I pushed through because my instincts were saying, it's okay, like get curious, get curious and stay curious and be with it, trust us. It was just the message was saying, I know it seems scary, I know everything being bombarded at you right now on the surface is really awful because you think it means you're a throwaway, because you think it means you're bad or wrong or that you're, you know, you're unworthy or all, whatever, right? I hope you're relating to this. Don't be afraid of those emotions or expressing them or writing them out or giving them a voice. What, I'm, what I did was I trusted something in behind it. And when I followed it, I got this experience and these words from my dad. And I didn't know a month later he was just gonna go to sleep and not wake up. And I wished I had recorded it. You know, I was typing it out as he was talking. And I, you know, that is, you know, there's a little in this moment, there's a bit of regret there that I didn't get to continuously play that to hear my dad say that he called me in to help them out. You know, that I helped make our family complete. He went on a, a bit more about how what he's noticed since I was born and what I am now. I mean, it was um, it was incredible. I never expected it. I wasn't asking them. See, here's the other thing. I wasn't, I wasn't asking them for the outcome. 
I was asking them because I needed to, I just needed to have the conversation. I had no, I, I had no end result in mind. And I was given just this gift. That's what's possible. And so there's so many messages in this call that you are not a throwaway, that you are absolutely God's gift to this earth to be fully expressed emotional and to move that energy, to be the, just that honing beacon and that, and that, um, that transmuter of energy to change the, the dark to the light, that there's an opportunity here for you to access that. And, um, and that's what I'm here to help open that door for you. If you want to walk through it, I know a lot about it. I know a lot about this. Uh, I, 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 I went through it through daring to suck. I practiced it. I changed my life based on this process. And now I'm in this radical acceptance element because I understand that everything that's led up to now was about me radically accepting my whole self, the good, the bad, the ugly, and understanding the drivers in behind every single one of them and celebrating them, honoring them, blurting them, expressing them through various ways from writing to breaking shit. So that's the opportunity in the work. And I don't even call it me. It's the work. And, and you know what? It's so funny that it wants to be called the work because it's not work. <laughs> it's surrendering. It's letting go. It's, it's allowing. So that's the work. The hard work up until this point for a lot of empaths has been carrying our feelings, have, has been not expressing them because we think they're wrong or bad or not appropriate or not a good time or blah, 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 blah. Fill in the blank. I'm not worthy to have feelings. That's the hard work, you know? Um, and I want that to be over. The work wants that to be over. That's why it wants to move through me with such ferocity and love and compassion and and speaking to your wholeness the whole time, even, you know, especially when you've forgotten that that wholeness is there. You know, that funny little thing where like, well, of course, I'll tolerate shit. I'll, of course, I'll tolerate a bunch of crap in my life because I am strong, because I can handle it and I have the tools. So but guess what? We use that as a way to suffer. As opposed to it's a yes and. I feel, you know, you have the tools, you are powerful, you are strong. Period. Own that. Yes. And you're having an experience and you get to decide. You get to choose how you want to run through this. You know, I've had many opportunities of not being nice and I've walked through the door. And they're great stories. And that's also why I'm a good storyteller. Because it's through those stories that I'm able to show you, hopefully, that not only do you survive these awkward, I've never been here moments of being honest. So it's less about being nice. You can say, so it's like, what if I stopped being nice? What if I started being honest? Right? Honest. Best part about being honest is all you're doing is admitting how you feel. All you're doing is admitting how you see things. And no one can ever argue with that. And you get like, what if you admitted stuff? What if you had admitted stuff and had no attachments to being right or wrong? Do you know how radical that would change things? How radically things would change? If you walked into a conversation and said, okay, well, what you say just makes me feel like this. I don't know if that's your intention, but that's how it makes me feel. And then that's a different conversation to have. Can you help me understand what you mean? Can we talk about that? I'm not here to be right. Like, what if we're not here to be right? And we're not here to be wrong. We're just here to be. 
So what if we could have that honest conversation and blow up the bullshit that gets between us and ourselves and us and other people? Because we're hardwired for connection. We're hardwired for um, intimacy. And from that, more love, more love. It's like this beautiful ripple effect. So I know, I, I know I've been given tools and art, ways of articulating things to help unravel the yarn that we have so unknowingly wound. Because it can feel like it's giant ball. And it's like, Karen, how do I even start? And the best part about one of those pieces of yarn, you only have to work on one. And when you work on one, you start unraveling like thousands all at the same time. And it starts to slowly and sometimes quickly dismantle a whole part of that yarn ball. And it gets easier. You know? One of the best things that happened when I wasn't nice, I'm going to tell you a not nice story. And it was the best thing that ever happened to me. I was 27, 26, I was 26. And I had just come out of an, an abusive relationship. It was the last, you know, pretty hardcore predator of my life who was very emotionally unwell. You know, he, he suffered from um, mental illness, depression, anxiety, uh, bipolar, I believe. And it was a struggle to be with him. And when I left him, he emptied all my shelves and I had nothing left of who I thought I was. And it took me a year and a bit to kind of figure that out, <laughs> you know, to figure out who to rebuild. And so I know about that process very well. And, and one day I decided I'm going to go and I'm going to travel and I'm going to I'm going to go see this guy that I think I love. And uh, I love that that's how this happened. And I put an ad in the, in, on Excite.com in a classified ads when the internet was like kind of new. And I said pen pals, which is, makes my friends laugh because they think I'm such a dark side friends. But they're like, but you needed a pen pal. And I put this thing out there and said, listen, just looking for people in Ireland. I'm going to go travel there because I was really going to see this guy that I thought I was in love with. And I thought, well, what's the harm? Let's try this internet thing out for a go. And the next day I had like 40 emails. Now back in the day, that was a huge deal. And I was like, what did I do? I broke something. And all these people from all over the world, these guys were like, hey, baby. And I was like, what? I swore to God in that thing. I said, no creepers, nothing. I literally said that in the email. And there were a couple in there that I was like, oh, why? This is weird. They're not from Ireland. I don't know what I did. What I did was I said that I wanted to, to go to Ireland, the location, not knowing it was anyway. So one of these guys was like, so let's talk. And, and I was like, he's interesting. He's in the States, whatever. And he said, you know, what do you do? What do you do? We do those things. And I told him what I did. And he, <laughs> he wrote me back and said, oh, so you're like a glorified dog's body. You're a, you're a gopher. You're a secretary. You're a, just a bunch of bullshit, like just a list of bullshit. I didn't, I was so angry at the demeaning like it was and I just felt so reactive for a good reason you know seven years in an abusive relationship where I've rebuilt my house and I'm like no more and I start establishing a few agreements with myself and I'm and then this fellow comes into my space and starts to try and do that again because the universe will test you and be like knock knock what are you gonna do now and I was like oh hell no so I hit reply right away and I was like oh well, you know, and I just let him have it, you know, because I knew he was like a computer guy. And I was like, um, isn't your Dungeons and Dragons group calling? Um, go F yourself, you SOB. Don't forget your pocket protector. Go to hell. <laughs> I hit send. 
I had never done that before. And I know some people watching me be like, oh, you seem like somebody that might have. Up until that point, I had been super nice. Up until that point, I had been super polite and I'd been the good girl. And that's what got me into every single mess of my life. This time, I went to the completely other side of the spectrum, okay? <laughs> I was unkind, I was mean, and I was just, oh, like the worst version of myself. <laughs> and I hit send because I was like, I don't know him anything. And I'm just like, woo, woo, like, I don't care. And um, <laughs> I was standing up walking around my office with my shooters out like Yosemite Sam. So guess what? You can still be Yosemite Sam and discover something. And I was like, pew, pew, and all of a sudden I heard my computer go. And I was like, oh my, oh my God, internet fast. It happens right away. I had this flush of heat. I went red. He wrote me back. Oh, geez. I did not think this through. Oh, no. You know, I'm going to have to face. Oh, what did I just do? And I was like, you know, and I opened my email up. And this guy says, I think I'm going to like our little chats with this smiley face. And all of a sudden, I realized, and I reread his email, and he was like teasing. And I know I'm, I'm probably being too nice, but I understood he was like, he was just, he, he was just trying to, in a really stupid way, but he, he was joking around. But because I was so reactive, and because you cannot pick up a tone on emails, I lost my SHIT and um, I completely revealed my step, myself to this guy. <laughs> And I sat there and I had this visceral feeling of what is going on? What just happened? This is very different. He wants to still talk to me. And then I realized, oh my God, I don't even know what will happen with this guy, but I can be batshit crazy. And I can be totally normal, like, which I'm totally going to be most of the time, right? I'm totally going to be my normal self most of the time. But I could be crazy, not just crazy, like I could be mean or I could be, I could be honest. Okay. And I was like, what? And I wrote him back and I was like, oh my God. All right. I don't know what you're all about, but that was like, it's kind of messed up. Like you really rolled the dice and I'm not quite sure what you're all about. So I've got my eye on you basically. Anyway, I had no idea that guy was going to be my husband. I had no idea I was going to marry him. But he ended up being the one, he ended up being the, the home, the relationship I created with him that day. I set the stage for our relationship in that moment. And I did it by being absolutely crazy and irrational in a way that I had never been totally not nice. What I had done is I had raised the roof for our communication, for me to be able to be my normal, rational, polite, nice self. But all of a sudden I had range. Our relationship had range to be honest and open and make mistakes and be and feel stupid and revealed and like, oh my God, I'm sorry. I really just showed you my stuff. Uh, I'm a little sensitive, had a few years of stuff, you know. And so we, our relationship was based on that foundation. And after that, I just felt so liberated in this relationship. And I've spoken about relationship before. Relationship is our house for healing. We choose people to be in relationship with to do our work. That's really, we think it's all about love and da-da-da. But balls ass truth, just made that up. Um, that's not a nice curse. 
but it's like the bare ass truth, maybe that's better, <laughs> is that that's what's going on. Whether it's relationship with your spouse, relationship with your partner, relationship with your parents, relationship with yourself, relationship with your work, relationship with things, relationship with experiences, that relationship is the house that is the invitation to do your healing in. Um, you get to admit how it feels. You get to admit how you show up. You get to admit um, what you believe and how you see things and to learn from what you share. Because there is a part of you that is strong, that can handle it, and has all the tools to respond. So I want to close on this, is that gone are the days of people like me trying to do things for you or trying to say, here, do this my way. My role is to create space, to create an opportunity for you to understand how your navigation system works, to trust it, to sit in the full seat, 100%. That's what I'm here to do. I am not attached to what you do with it, but I'm here to say there's an opportunity here for you to clean up a bunch of stuff, for you to have greater awareness, for you to understand and love yourself on a more deeper level, if you wish to. I think we all wanna be here fully. And I wanna tear the shit out of this place. Like that's my soul talking. When I talk about our souls, do you want to know the, the visual I get from the work or whatever, whoever it is I'm working with, is um, the Dukes of Hazards, which I know has super like implications, racial, all sorts of shit on it. But it's like that car doing donuts, doing donuts. <laughs> and the message that comes with it is we are here to tear shit up. We're here to be the fullest expression. And so we're supposed to be fully human. Everything on that spectrum, there is a massive invitation here for us to play with form, for us to play with these emotions and to trust that even though we are afraid of losing everything and everyone we care about, our instincts to focus on our insides versus constantly focusing on the external, that this is where it's at. That when not only can we be this container to host some of the things that feel like they're in opposition of one another to have a very new different conversation where it's side by side and not against each other. We can learn from ourselves and be a student in our own life and, and how empowering that is and how badass that is and how much more daring our life gets, how much more daring our decisions are. And it's it's incredible. And we all deserve to feel more alive, frankly. And we can only do that by unpacking all the stuff that we picked up along the way. So here's the irony and the closed loop. Oh, my God, that we end up putting ourselves on that um, altar for sacrifice. And we don't know we're doing it. That's the innocent. The innocence of us doesn't even know that we're turning on our own hearts constantly. We don't know we're doing it. Innocent martyrdom. Innocent mis misinterpretations. Because someone wasn't there to say, oh, hold on. You don't have to do that. You don't have to sacrifice yourself anymore. You weren't born to be sacrificed by the pain of others. You were here to transmute it and understand your own badassery. <laughs> All right, I'm going to end on this. What if you're the disruptor? What if every instinct in you to disrupt the pattern is divine? What if? You're the one that is supposed to say, this is bullshit across the table. <laughs> you know, like, what, what if? What if you're the disruptor? What if you're the one to save not just yourself, but every fucker at that table? Because they're tired too, but they're all being nice. They don't know how to step off the nice highway.
Hmm. Radical. It's radical. And yeah. And it's here as an opportunity um, for us all. So because we are safe here, we are safe to be fully expressed in ourselves. And, and the work wants you to know that. And, and we're, we're safe to be the fullest, truest expression of ourselves. The world needs us to be. So thank you. Much love. Thanks for listening to Human AF. We hope you enjoyed this episode and gained some insight into the human experience. If you like what you heard, leave us a review and share your thoughts with us. Feel free to join the conversation in our Radical Acceptance Facebook group, where you can connect with like-minded people and ask questions. Also, visit our website at carrieannlivingston.com to learn more about the topics we cover and the integration work we do. Thanks again for tuning in. We'll see you next time.